Welcome to the Erasing Shame podcast, season one. This podcast is about erasing shame through honest talk for healthy living, emotionally, relationally, mentally, and personally. Visit our website at erasingshame.com for links to like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter, and subscribe on iTunes and YouTube. Now, let's have an honest talk for healthy living. Hello, welcome to the Racing Shame podcast. My name is DJ Chuang, and tonight on this episode, we'll be handling questions about shame. And uh, my co-host, Eunice Lee, is uh, taking the night off, and our thoughts and prayers are with her. Thank you, Eunice, for hosting and interviewing three phenomenal guests during the past three weeks, uh, and you'll want to go back to uh, erasingshame.com and listen to those episodes, or if you have subscribed to us on iTunes or YouTube, the uh, episodes are there, not just the previous three, but you know all previous uh, nine. Uh, this is episode nine. We've had eight previous episodes, and then we've also had a pilot, pilot episode that we call episode zero. So uh, tonight I've had a full day. Uh, today I've had a full day. Uh, met a lot of people at a conference. Uh, that's what I like to do, and that's a great place for me to learn and make some connections. Uh, those are the things that I love to do and have some side conversations. And tonight, I'll be having some conversations with you. So audience participation is most welcomed. Uh, please type in a comment with uh, your question, and then we can uh, entertain those here on this episode. In the uh, meantime, let me give you a little backstory for those of you that are new and joining us. Last week, we had um, an interview with Liz Lin from the unique community called Progressive Asian uh, American Christians, and it was our largest episode ever. Uh, actually, let's see. Uh, I don't have the numbers in front of me, but we had more viewers uh, on the live stream and then more viewers on the views within 24 hours than all our previous seven episodes. So Liz, you did a phenomenal um, job and in terms of just sharing about your experiences and your expertise in dealing with shame and Asian American culture. And I really appreciated your grace, gracious approach on how we can find uh, a better, healthier living through um, participating in a better community. And um, to give context to those that are new to the Erasing Shame podcast, uh, we started this back in February, and it's actually been an idea that I've had for five years. Uh, you can check the booze record on the domain name at erasingshame.com, and you can see that this domain was registered back in 2013. And uh, back then, I had wanted to focus on erasing the shame about mental health. Well, over the year that has uh, over the years that has grown, and we want to talk about shame in all aspects of life, and so that's how we've uh, come up with the tagline, our slogan, "Erasing Shame," by honest conversation, uh, honest talk about health, healthy living. Uh, I think I muddled that up a little bit. We we are live streamed, so there's no editing. Um, the the uh, tagline for the show, Erasing Shame 
through honest talk for healthy living. There we go. And um, tonight, so we have a few minutes here tonight uh, for for some uh, conversation. I'm going to uh, go over to Cora, which is a phenomenal, which is a great community for uh, sharing answers to questions that people have. If you think about it, a lot of people ask questions on Google, and Google has become the portal, not only into the internet world, but on the flip side, it's also given us a portal into what's on the mind of people that they want to search for. So people, it's an incredible metaphor for a life that people are always searching for something, and, and um, this internet phenomenon is just one piece of what we're, uh, as human beings, are searching for. And so uh, Quora is a pretty neat online community where people can ask questions and other people can answer those questions. And I think what's made Quora a better kind of what they would call this genre of website a expert community is that some of the founders and CEOs and leaders of organizations will use Quora and answer the questions directly to people that might ask questions about their products or their uh, company or their organization or their movement. And so there's a sense of authority and trust there because you're talking directly first person to the um, proprietors. But uh, over the years, it's also expanded to just other topics in general as well. And so I thought uh, for this episode, we could uh, take a look at some of the questions. I don't have a way to sort by the most popular. So what I'm doing here is I'm gonna look at the questions that have come up in the past year uh, on the keyword of shame. So I'll re read through those and then answer them as things come to my mind and I hope uh, they're helpful to you. As we, we've discovered over the past uh, a episode that shame is such a big topic. It's much, much more than just feeling bad about yourself, though, though it is that um, the definition of shame is uh, I, I am wrong or I am bad. But the dictionary also defines it as a very painful feeling and negative thoughts that you might have about yourself and what others might think of you. So um, there's there's the internal dimension of shame, and then there's the external and interpersonal dimension of shame. It's very much a relational thing. Uh, if you were in isolation, um, let's say out in the woods, and you haven't had human interaction for months and a year, you know, shame doesn't really enter into that equation. Some other bad feelings might um, from loneliness, but not not shame. Uh, shame, in one respect, is how other people think of you. And you don't want other people thinking badly of you because you have a weakness or you have a vulnerability. And then there's a whole other aspect of shame becoming a verb where you're sh uh, there are people that are, are shaming people. And there's some questions that we'll get to about that. So let's get started. And uh, those of you that are watching live, feel free to chime in with a question in the comment section or send a message on our Facebook page, and we'd love to um, hear from you. I know when we're talking about a topic like shame, it's not particularly easy to ask a question uh, sometimes, 
that ask for a friend. Ask for a friend. And uh, we won't need to uh, read your name on the air for those of uh, for those in our audience that will be listening later um, on demand through audio or video. So first question, is it wrong that I feel no shame? Mm. Is it wrong that I feel no shame? So the first thing that comes to mind is this uh, TV, uh, TV show, yeah, TV series. I believe it's on Showtime called Shameless. So is it wrong to feel shameless? Well, um, I think, and so I, I'm not a professional or expert in psychology or sociology, but this is some of the, th some of the things I've learned over the years. Uh, I, I do have an interest in those topics, but I'm not professionally trained or academically trained. So it's just from reading books and articles and having conversations with people growing up in an Asian American context as well. Uh, my family is Chinese American. So um, the, the, the way I would answer it is that uh, shame, feeling no shame is adjacent or is very similar, if not identical, to having no conscience. Yeah, typically, on on average, people, uh, ba babies, as they grow into ch ch childhood, they begin to have a conscience of what's right and wrong, somewhere between the age of four to six. And to not have that feeling of knowing what's right and wrong and how other pe people might think of what you do or what you say might be right or wrong, um, there, there might be an issue there. Um, it, it's human to feel shame. Um, some feel it more than others, but, um, yeah, that's something to look into, to, uh, figure out, um, that's, that's worth a couple conversations, talk with someone that's trustworthy and understands the human dynamic there and, find out what, what's an appropriate level of uh, having healthy shame. Uh, and we've had some past episodes where we've talked about the difference between healthy shame and toxic shame, good shame and bad shame. So have, there, there are some aspects of shame that are helpful for us to belong to a community, to not offend people and not to do crazy and insane things that are just uh, not helpful to the person and not helpful to other people and the community. Okay, uh, let me check my windows, see if there's any messages. No, okay, let me proceed. Um, oh, hi Lisa, thanks for joining. Uh, how do I overcome the emotion of shame? How do I overcome the emotion of shame? Well, listen to this podcast. <laughs> That's, uh, that's what we're having honest talk about, how, how to erase shame. And we, we named it erasing shame because it is a process. And what we're after is erasing uh, toxic shame and harmful shame and shame that causes us to hide uh, unnecessarily, uh, shame that causes us to conceal, uh, shame that keeps us from having healthy relationships, uh, shame that affects how we work and how we take care of ourselves, or in this case, not taking care of ourselves. 
So um, that's exactly what we're trying to cover here. And um, one, one of the things, one of the key ingredients of overcoming shame or erasing shame is having honest talk and honest conversations with people that are trustworthy and people that are supportive and people that will help you to begin to come out of that darkness and step into the light and receive the healing that you might need, receive the uh, forgiveness. Um, what else? Well, um, as they listen, to give you the gift of listening, the uh, affirmation that you might need, uh, whatever uh, might be the things that are causing the overwhelming and uh, debilitating sense of shame. There's, there's causes and triggers to that. And by using words, it helps us to identify those thoughts and feelings, and then we can begin to wrestle them to the ground and erase them uh, out of our uh, consciousness and become healthier. All right. Do men get body shamed? Uh, the question is, do men get body shamed? Uh, I'm not as active on Instagram as some uh, you might be, but I do hear about this phenomena of body shaming where uh, it tends to be women. So behind this question is, well, women seem to get body shamed. Uh, do men get body shamed? So as far as I understand it, body shaming is when someone posts a photo on Instagram and other people will be shaming that person for that photo of their body because of the body's imperfections. And that's where shaming is used as a verb. And to, to, to unpack what that means, it means uh, someone is looking down on someone, someone's being critical of someone, someone is saying bad things and insults and Boy, I just don't think that way, but there, there are people that are very readily to say bad things about other people. And so in this case, they would be saying bad things about someone's body or a photo of someone's body, uh, whether it's too, um, too fat or too thin or uh, not pretty enough or the hair is uh, messy or funny. Um, oh, what else? Yeah, all, all kinds of bad things that people can say, body shaming. So um, our, our body are, are sacred, uh, really, at least I, I believe so. They're very much a part of who we are, and uh, there's no place for body shaming. Now, there, there is um, encouragement that we can give to people to uh, inspire them and motivate them toward healthier living uh, as we are having some of those conversations here on erasing shame, we, we do want to promote healthy living, uh, but body shaming is not the way to do it. And maybe we'll get to this later, but uh, shame, people do use shame as a tactic, as a thing they do to uh, force people to do something that they don't want to do. So I'm thinking of, say, parents 
shaming their children because they want their child to do something that the child doesn't want to do. Uh, whether it's the right thing to do or not, um, generally parents want their kids to do the right thing, and but shame using using that as a tactic, you might get some short-term results. Um, shame seems to work in, in that sense, but in the long term, it's not a good motivation. It's not a healthy motivation, and there are better ways to help people grow, to tackle their challenges, and to do the right thing. All right, on to the next question. I don't have a great way. Oh, hey, David. I don't have a great way to check messages and questions here. I'm live streaming directly to Facebook. So the, the little laptop here I have, 13 inches, doesn't have a big screen where I can see everything. So uh, I'm reading questions and then talking to the camera. All right, so, but I, I, I would like to figure out how to do audience participation. That would be more awesome. Let's see. Okay, here we are. Next question. What is the difference between shame, regret, and being sorry? Wow, that's a great question. What is the difference between shame, regret, and being sorry? Well, as far as I understand it, emotions are like uh, dynamic circles or amoebic kind of. They're, they're, they're moving around. Uh, let's see. Let's say like oil and water. Okay, it's moving around, it's floating, and the meaning of those feelings and the emotions and definitions, they overlap, and sometimes, depending on the situation, they might overlap a lot, or they might be just next to each other. So shame uh, for, for the individual is the feeling and the thought of being wrong and being bad, right? And... Uh, feeling and thinking that you're not worthy of love and that you are less valuable than the people around you. And, and that's, that's the shame piece. Regret is uh, usually pointing to something that a person has done or not done. So you can regret for not having done something. So regret is thinking about the past and something that you didn't do and or did do and you feel bad about the thing you didn't do or did do okay not quite not quite the same as guilt but regret is uh, thinking about the past about something that you did or didn't do but regret meaning you wish you had done it back then and and thing that's good about life is uh, regrets are not permanent, that there's always tomorrow and there's always a second chance and another opportunity to do, to do the thing that needs to be done and to, to uh, maybe re when, when appropriate, revisit the thing that you did that you regret and seek forgiveness or seek healing or do something with that regret. You, you don't have to carry it uh, for the rest of your life. That would be my encouragement on that. And then being sorry, uh, there's a couple dimensions to that that I can think of. Being sorry for uh, something you've done 
and wanting to be apologetic, uh, wanting, to, wanting to apologize to the person that you offended or did something wrong to. Okay, that's one aspect of being sorry. And then the uh, other part that I think of is being sorry for um, for something that's happened to someone else. So it's uh, the second dimension of that could be second definition of that could be feeling uh, being sorry for someone out of pity or out of sympathy because they're going through a hard time or they they're hurting or um, um, something something like that okay or or have a disability or have condition that they have to live with and just makes life seem a bit harder right um, you can feel sorry or be sorry for someone in that situation. All right. Oh, hey, David. Thanks for the uh, hello. If you have a question, add a comment. I'll see if I can give you a decent answer. Well, I'll give you an answer uh, that, that I can do. Uh, how about this one? Next question, is not being good at math shameful? Ooh, I, I'd be curious what the context of that is, but is not being good at math shameful? Short answer, no. The different people are good at different things. Uh, I believe every, every person is good at something, at least one thing. And math, math may not be one of those things. It could be music. It could be writing. It could be art. It could be sports. Uh, there are so many other kinds of things that you can be good at. And it doesn't have to be math. So there's no shame in not being good at math. Just be honest with yourself. Don't let other people put you down. Uh, be good at what you're good at. And um, accept that. If people are shaming you, no, that's, that's, a, that's the external dimension of uh, shaming. Uh, you, you might have to put your foot down and draw the line and say, uh, you should not say that, uh, that's harmful, um, stop, or there will be consequences. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, okay, next question, what is your opinion on shame? Well, that's what I'm sharing tonight. And on every episode, uh, things I've learned, but uh, to be fair, uh, to be honest, it might just be my opinion. It is my studied opinion, but uh, I am doing my best to uh, answer, answer honestly, answer truthfully, answer uh, with reliable information. Uh, but quantifiably, it might just be my opinion. But what I do want to accomplish, and I believe we are, with every episode that we record is being able to talk about the things that uh, cause shame and making it a safe place and a safe, safer topic to talk about. Because when you don't talk about shame and it hides in the darkness and it festers in silence, uh, our mind plays games with ourselves and it just spirals and it, it hurts unnecessarily. So when we are able to talk about shame with just one or two other trusted 
reliable, uh, confidential people, it helps a person begin to get out of shame, erase shame, and move towards a healthier life. That's my main opinion on shame. Do psychopaths experience shame? The question is, do psychopaths experience shame? Uh, I'm not sure what psychopath is, uh, to be honest. Um, but I, I think everyone, well, I guess from the first question, maybe everyone doesn't ex experience shame. Uh, certainly most people do experience shame of all kinds, whether they're psychopath or not. But maybe, let's see, maybe psychopath is referring to those people who don't experience shame. No, no, I, I'm, I'm thinking psychopaths are those who um, have done something that is just so out of the ordinary, and so we call them psychopath. Eh, well, that's all I can say about that one. Sorry, I don't have a better answer for that. Uh, next question. Oh, we're coming up on the end of our time, so let me just pick a couple that um, I have something to say about. Well, let me finish this one, and then I'll uh, pick one, one last one. Uh, how dangerous is toxic shame? Uh, very dangerous. So let me say it this way. Uh, today marks the anniversary of someone we know who was experiencing uh, a lot of personal struggle. And it was on this day that he took his own life. And uh, he was a very young man, just uh, starting out in college. And he seemed like a very average, normal, everyday person. Um, happy with many friends, uh, happy with the future, but there was this uh, unknown thing that he was wrestling with, and to have hidden that uh, is can be described as some kind of a shame where he wasn't uh, able to talk about it with uh, a few people that could help him out of it. And so it's toxic for, for uh, others in that situation. And I hope you're, you're not in that situation, but if you are, um, that you would be willing to step out of that shame and get some help. Get some help. So that's how dangerous it can be. It, it's uh, life or death. Toxic shame could be life or death. Uh, Cyberbullying is another example of toxic shame. Um, the shame is such a heavy topic and harmful to people, and we want to find, show, show and find and discuss the ways to get out of that. So um, please, if you're listening to my voice and you feel overwhelmed about the value of your life and feeling like there's no purpose or no meaning or uh, you don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. Or you don't know if you're going to make it uh, because you're just overwhelmed with negative thoughts and negative feelings. Please uh, get get help. We're going to add some links in the show note where you can get help. There's hotlines that you can call and just um, get help. Um, 
no matter how bad your situation is, uh, get help. And uh, if you want to let us know, we'll um, we'll have our thoughts and prayers for you as well. But get help. Uh, there is hope. Uh, there is help. Uh, and uh, life is worth living. Much better to live than to uh, do harmful things. All right, that um, brings me to the end of our time. Um, we'll end on that note. So if you're struggling with shame in whatever shape that is, uh, please, please get some help. And then David, with your question, we'll answer in the comments uh, after we wrap up this episode. Thank you for asking that. So um, thank you for listening to my rambling. I hope some of my answers were helpful. I can't say they were honest. So thank you for listening to the end. Uh, follow us on Twitter. Uh, visit our website at erasingshame.com. And you can like our Facebook page, subscribe to us on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, Android, and subscribe to our YouTube channel. So what we're doing is uh, we're doing something. We need your help to share this podcast with your friends and strangers just to let them know it's something interesting and something that can be helpful. And perhaps our ultimate goal is to reach that one person who is struggling with shame and paralyzed by shame. And because they've listened to a few words from one episode that they've uh, found the courage and the willingness and the motivation and even the leap of faith to get some help. And that would be a big win for us. So share, share a podcast with people, help get the word out. And we thank you for being part of our Erasing Shame audience. Good night, and we'll see you next week.